All right, good morning. Good morning. Hi, everyone. Uh, I guess nice being here. Uh, was a bit caught off guard yesterday with the heat, but I never thought I would be saying this, that I was praying for it to be colder yesterday. <laughs> uh, yeah, but now that I'm inside here, I wish it was hot. <laughs> Anyway, it's all good. It's nice being here again. And um, my family, everybody is doing okay. My wife said to tell everybody hello. Um, the boys are growing up fast. My hands are pretty much full. Uh, my first boy, um, Jagani, he is in preschool and likes to be in school. Sometimes he will come home and say, the teacher said no school today. That's when he do not want to go. So I guess he's had enough of school already. Now, uh, second boy is just one, so I guess he's just doing what a one-year-old will do. Make mess, make a mess, and give daddy work to do, but it's all good. So my family is okay, in case anybody's wondering. All right, um, I'm going to be in Second Timothy chapter 4 this morning. Second Timothy chapter 4. I'll be reading verses 1 through 3, verses 1 to 3, 2 Timothy chapter, chapter 4. Um, I know you guys use the King James Version here, but um, I forgot my Bible in New York, so I have my iPad, and... I have the I have the English standard version. Is that okay? Oh, okay. All right, all right. So then we are okay. We are okay. All right. So we read from verse one. I charge you in the presence of God and of Jesus and of Christ Jesus, who is the judge. Sorry, who is to judge the living and the dead? And by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure song teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. And will turn away from listening the truth and wander in, off into myth. As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Let us pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, we come to you today. We are thankful, oh God, for an opportunity to open the word of God together this morning. We thank you, God, for all that you have already provided for us. We thank you for the gospel which unites all of us together and brings us to this place for common cause, 
to glorify the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we ask that you will honor the word of God as it will be presented. Let it be seed to the soul and food for those who are hungry. In Jesus' name we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. And this text has occupied my thinking, my mind for pretty much the most of, of this year. Interestingly, I was already thinking about it and then I had an opportunity to go off to um, the talks on Caicos Island early um, in June this year. And this was the theme of the anniversary service as well. And then I came back home and um, did some teaching and preaching on this text. And pretty much ever since, it has still been fresh in my mind and in my thinking. I've been reading it, read it. And I, I hope that what I'm going to say here would, would, would have a certain effect on, on your life as it has done uh, for, my, for me. Um, I guess because of my experiences uh, for the past year or so, and because of, I guess, my observation in my own um, country, I'm beginning to, to realize that there is a great need among Christians, Christianity or within Christianity um, for truth. I know we have a lot of preachers and preaching going along and we have a lot of Bible, everybody have the Bible on their phone, their tablets, in their possession. But it seems to me that there is a great need for, for truth. And the reason I'm, I'm saying this and, and, and coming to realize this is because I've come to, to, to realize that there are a lot of churches who preach truth don't have anybody to preach to. Our churches are becoming smaller and smaller. Those who try to preach truth, so there is no no one to preach it to. And then the churches who have all the people have stopped preaching the truth. And are now pretty much absorbing the secular culture of the day. And so what is happening, what is between those who preach the truth and have no one to preach to and those who are trying to gain an audience but has given up truth, in between is secular society, fallen humanity, and they are void of truth. And I think this is pretty much what is happening in our world today. I think this is why society is the way it is, because there is a lack of truth right now. It is this thinking that has pretty much occupied my mind why I'm going to this text this, this morning. I, I remember speaking to an older pastor about this same issue and his only encouragement to me was, 
preach the word. Uh, I, I thought about that and I was like, okay, that's the only encouragement you can give. But when I think about it, there is no other encouragement than preach the word. And so this is what I want to, to encourage us with this morning. Preach the word. This was Paul's charge or warning to Timothy. As you would see the beginning of verse 1. He says, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, by his appearing and the coming of his kingdom, when he comes to set up his kingdom, another translation will say. And then he gave the command, preach the word. You will notice that this preaching that Paul is encouraging Timothy to do was supposed to be done with an audience of one in mind, and that is Jesus Christ in light of his coming. It was not so much those who would listen, but Paul is saying to Timothy, I'm, I'm charging you under the, the closest of scrutiny, under the watching eyes of Christ Jesus, you preach the word, and so therefore, your preaching has to be done for an audience of one. It must approve, be approved by the Lord Jesus Christ. Even if no one is going to listen, even though you have no one to preach to, preach with this in mind, I'm charging you in light of the coming kingdom. You preach the word. And so therefore my thinking is it was not about those who were sitting in the pew listening, but this preaching has to be done in light of the one who is coming to judge. And so therefore, we take comfort in the fact, I mean, for those of us who are, who are seeking to preach the truth, it is not really those who are listening, even though that I'm not done playing, having, not having people to preach to, I think that is important. If we're going to preach, there has to be an audience. But what I'm saying, our preaching has to be done under the closest of scrutiny of Jesus Christ. A preaching that will gain his approval in light of his coming, in light of the, the, the kingdom that is to come. This is the arena in which our preaching must be done. And so he, he warned Timothy of that. He says, preach the word. By preaching, he means be a public crier, as some will say, a herald of the truth, a proclaimer of the truth. You preach, Timothy, the word. When we read all what Paul has said to Timothy, we understand that this was not going to be an easy task. Timothy was living in a day where falsehood was the norm of the day. And people were not really appreciative of the pure, sound doctrine. Paul even talked about the time that will come when they are not going to endure this kind of thing. Because this is not what man is looking forward to. People want something that's going to make them feel comfortable and good about themselves. And so this was not going to be something easy for Timothy to do. Preach the word of God. Paul was already thrown in prison for this. He, he's writing to Timothy in chapter 1. He says, hey, I'm in prison. I'm, but do not be ashamed of this. 
And so I'm, I'm thinking in, in Timothy's mind, if Paul is preaching the word and he's thrown in prison, what's going to happen to me? I'm sure there would have been a lot of difficulties in Timothy's part to preach this, this truth that Paul is, is talking about. Not only that, we read also in, 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 in the scripture, Timothy was, 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 it seems like he was very timid. He had a timid, a fearful te um, temperament. He was young. He was sick. Paul talks about taking no longer water, brother Alan, but a little wine for like often infirmities. So he was, he was sick. And he had all of these things coming to him. His youth was already being despised, looked down on as a preacher. And yet, in the midst of this, Paul says, preach the truth. You're not going to have the whole world listening to you, Timothy. Not everybody's going to appreciate what you're saying. You might be thrown in prison for this. You might be isolated from your peers. But preach the word. Why? In light of the appearing of Jesus Christ and his coming kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Even when it feels like it is not the appropriate time, Timothy, preach the word, rebuke, rep um, reprove, rebuke, exalt. It is interesting that this preaching that Timothy was supposed to do, he says, preach the word. If you go back, Paul talked about scriptures which was given by inspiration. That is the word that he's talking about here in the text. He calls it song doctrine or song teaching. Paul had already told Timothy to guard the word in chapter 1. Make sure that it is void of all impurities. Guard it, keep it, preserve the word. He wrote to the Philippians church and he, he had the same thought in mind. Hold forth the word of truth. Guard it, protect it. Make sure that when you present it, it is presented in its fullness. Without any error. In chapter 2, he told Timothy to study the word so that he'll be able to present it accurately. And then now he's saying, proclaim it, preach it publicly. Stand up and declare the word of God without fear of man. In the fear of God. And as you preach Timothy the word, he says, remember to rebuke to reprove and exert. What he's saying here, you're going to use the very word of God and you're going to bring people to conviction from the word. Reprove, confront and convict people of their sins. But at the same time, do not stay there. You're going to have to exhort and restore. So there's confrontation, there's conviction, but make sure that in your preaching, there is also correction that is given. I think most of our preaching, I mean, I grew up in, 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 in church and all of the preaching, I mean, that I, I, I received mostly had this, this kind of a combative kind of attitude. It was always thou shall not, but it was never how to do it. 
He's saying here, they notice the, 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 he, the attitude here. Reprove, re reprove, rebuke, bring people to conviction, confront their sins, but do not stay there. He says, encourage. I had a teacher one time when I was studying, he, he will say that none of us are really able to make a, dip, uh, make, um, a withdrawal from the life of others unless we make a deposit in their life. I mean, I guess it's a financial illustration and all of us, I'm sure probably have a bank account. Before we can make a deposit, a uh, withdrawal, we have to make what? A deposit from that. And I think that's the idea that Paul has in mind here. Reproof, rebuke, exhort. Not just about confronting sin, but about encouraging people to live right. From the word of God. With complete patience and teaching endurance. I guess this underscored the, the difficulty of the task. Especially in light of what Paul has to say in verse 3. He says, for a time, the time is coming when people are not going to endure the kind of teaching and preaching that I'm calling you to do. And I guess for us, we are already in this time. Not just in America here with all of these mega churches and people who... I mean, many of these messages, and they have, they, have the, they have the world literally listening to them, these big churches. Even in St. Vincent, there are people from my own congregation, when they, you ask them, why you were not in church this morning? They say, oh, well, I was home listening to Jerry Austin, and I guess he's a better preacher than I am. Right now. <laughs> but that is where, this is pretty much where most of the, the, the Christian culture is getting their information from these guys. And when you, when, you, when you look at and you listen to what these guys are preaching, you recognize that one thing is missing from all of their messages, and that is song teaching. It is always about seven steps for a better you. It is always about something that's going to make you feel good. And it is never about the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is never about the coming King, Jesus Christ. It is never about anything that will move us to a holy life. It is always about something that's going to make you feel good in the moment. And they are the ones who have now captivated the world, literally. Not just in America. But all over the planet, these are the guys that people are listening to. And Paul is saying to Timothy, there is coming a time when this is, this is going to happen. People are not going to endure some teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers that suit their own passions. And if there is ever a time where this is happening, brothers and sisters, this time is, is now. And so for Timothy, Paul, admonition to him was to embrace, hold on to some teaching. It's going to cost you maybe your, your, your whole life. 
It's going to be difficult in the presentation. But you preach, Timothy, and preach sound teaching. You're not going to have an audience to say. But remember, God is watching. And it is not about the tap on the shoulder anymore. It is about the approval from above. This is what's going to matter in the end. And so I'm exhorting you to, to preach. Why is this text being on my mind so heavily? I guess everybody know, everybody here, what has happened in our country, in my country, in St. Vincent. And I thought that these issues were going to just come and go away. But it seems like every day they're getting more and more intense. I came to the point and I I told my wife this. I, I asked her, what if, are you going to be okay if I walk away from the ministry and do something different? Because I've came to that place on numerous occasions this past year. Sometimes I I think that, you know, this might be my way of protecting myself. And then she said, where she asked, who made you a preacher and then I by that question I recognize that for me preaching and ministry to me is a calling God calls me for this It is because of this reason, brothers and sisters, and I'm sure, I don't know, I'm sure there are some preachers here, and I don't know how you, you feel, but if God has called us for this thing, we don't have much of a choice. Our only response is to preach the word, and nothing else is going to matter. This is what Paul was um, Paul was, was 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 trying to impress upon Timothy. You notice what he says in verse in verse five. As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering. The suffering that will come from the preaching of the truth. 
do the work of an evangelist and fulfill your ministry bring it to completion do what God has called you to do and this is the challenge for myself this morning that I will bring my ministry to a completion even though what you will say being convinced that is the truth is not going to be accepted friendship are going to be broken you're probably going to be isolated from a lot of people even your very ministry your, your, your church membership will grow smaller preach the word preach the word preach truth guard it study it and present it one of the things I realized and I unfortunately in all of this spirit of fighting and all of the stuff what is always lost is the gospel of Jesus Christ and I don't know but I don't know if you realize that there are still people who needs to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ in all that is happening if you and I do not stand up and herald the truth the pure truth of the Word of God with all that is happening and all of the fights how are these people ever going to get saved and know Jesus who is going to show them how to live a life that is going to be approved of God if we run away from this or we compromise on the truth and we, we, we say what people want us to say. What's going to happen to the next generation of young people coming up? See, this is about the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is not just merely a fight for truth. It is about the, the gospel of Jesus Christ. You're being approved by him in the, in the end. And people coming to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And so I'm saying to us, if there is ever a time to stand up and say, Thus saith the Lord, brothers and sisters, this time is now. And I'm hoping that all of us will be resolved in our minds amidst the conflict. That regardless of the cause, regardless of the consequence, I'm going to preach the word, the pure word of Jesus. Brother, I don't know what time I have to start. Five more minutes? Yes, I could wrap it up here now. My appeal then, if we are convinced that there is a need for truth, 
if we are convinced that there will be a coming judgment, if we delight in being a part of Christ's kingdom, how are we going to respond to this? Are we going to embrace the call? This is not about giftedness. There's a lot of people who are gifted. This is about calling here. Fulfilling one's ministry. What are we going to do? How are we going to respond? I'm praying that we would join hands together. We're not going to see everything the same way as it relates to our interpretation and stuff from the world. But let us all join hands and fulfill the ministry of teaching and preaching another generation the pure truth, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amidst the difficulties that we are going to face, let us commit ourselves to the preaching of God's word without fear. Let us be sober-minded about it, as Paul says, and let us endure whatever suffering that will come from it and preach, preach the word. Thank you. God bless you.